Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Featuring Jamie, Mike, and Steve. back live here on the nothing but net podcast last night we got some big trade news dame time is headed to milwaukee to team up with Giannis as they pursue their championship their championship aspirations together we have drew holiday being out there floated around mike it's been a crazy last 24 hours in the nba we finally get back to our list tonight how are you doing this evening I am doing well. Uh, yeah, the Dame news obviously still has uh, an, a kind of after a shock effect in media and uh, sports media um, today, and it will be probably for the next couple of days, if not the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, we're just looking on. I, I think the next big move is probably what's happening with Drew Holiday. So we're going to be on the lookout for that. But, you know, uh, I'm excited for what we got to talk about tonight as well. Jamie, what's going on, my guy? What's happening, fellas? Um, yeah, after after that trade last night, I mean, today that's what you're going to hear on every radio station, uh, any sports-affiliated um, um, place, really. Um, yeah, uh, Drew Holiday's still out there, ready to get into this um, top 10 group and have some arguments here. Mike, I'll start here with you real quick. Swisher Dish, if Giannis wins a championship this season with Damian Lillard, he will be a top 20 player in the NBA of all time? If Giannis wins, uh, it's hard for me not to put him there. I think he definitely has a, you know, a spot to be there and or an argument to be there. So I, I, I could certainly entertain that. Jamie, yours isn't going to be as me. easy. What if Damian Lillard wins two championships with the Bucks? Can he be a top 20 player of all time? Hmm. Uh... Boy, I don't have his his stats in front of me, um, but I test wise, I I I'd have a hard time keeping him out. Mike Damian Lillard wins two championships in Milwaukee. Does he become part of this top twenty list at any point in his career? Uh, I don't know if he cracks top twenty for me, and that's um, kind of sad to say. I think he's got to have just two championships might not be enough to crack top twenty. and need some of the you know. Uh, or maybe maybe some finals MVPs. You might talk to me a little bit about that, but maybe some regular MV, uh, regular season MVPs, defensive player of the years, all NBAs. You know, all that stuff comes into account. So I would have to really analyze it. Yeah, for sure. I think it would be very interesting if Giannis was able to win his second championship here with Damian Lillard. Uh, the debate with him and Jokic is already uh, kind of a thing, right? Who's the best player in the world? Um, I already have Jokic on my top 20 as we went over last time. Um, but guys, we are here tonight to talk about our 10 through one recapping 20 through 11. I'll run through all the names on all of our lists. Just a quick little recap here. Mike at 20 had Dwayne Wade, 19, Charles Barkley, 18, Carl Malone, 17, Jerry West, 16, KG, 15, Dirk Nowitzki, 14, Oscar Robinson, 13, Kevin Durant, 12, Hakeem Olajuwon, and 11, Wilt the Stilt. Jamie at 20 had John Stockton, 19, Moses Malone, 18, Kevin Garnett, 17, Dr. J, 16, Charles Barkley, 15, Kevin Durant, 14, Isaiah Thomas, 13, Oscar Robertson, 12, Bill Russell, 11, Steph Curry, 
And then in my top 20, I have at 20, David Robinson at 20, Dr. J at 19, Nikola Jokic at 18, Kevin Durant at 17, Dwayne Wade at 16, Carl Malone at 15, Kevin Garnett at 14, Dirk at 13, 12, Oscar Robinson, and Hakeem Olajuwon at number 11 as we roll into our top 10. Mike, what was the crate? What was the one thing you heard from uh, our fans about these lists uh, that kind of stood out? Uh, I think, it, you know, it's more of the anticipation of the conversation tonight of who, you know, uh, one and two lock into. But I think from what I've heard mostly is that once we talk, once we start discussing like, uh, you know, a name that doesn't jump out a, a lot to people like a Dwayne Wade or maybe a Dr. J or, or somebody like around that 1920 um, spot is it, kind of, it, I think the feedback I heard mostly is that it's really hard to, you know, I didn't really think of that guy being a number 20 or number 19. And you know, I was kind of like, yeah, that was what we stressed about for, you know, weeks for a while making these lists. So, um, yeah, it's just there's a lot of guys that have a right and a claim to to get into the top 20. As you get further down the list, those numbers, those spots are more solidified. But uh, upwards around 20, it's, you know, it's a lot of different routes you could take to make arguments to fit those guys there. Was Nikola Jokic one of those names that you heard? Were they surprised that I had him in or did they not give specific names? No, not necessarily specifics. I know I had uh, when I when we were doing it, I said Nikola Jokic was one of those honorable mentions that was in the mix for me to place there. Um, I don't know. I, I think it depends who you talk to. If you talk to some NBA old heads, as you say, Nikola Jokic isn't sniffing top 20. If you talk to maybe some uh, of the younger generation, the newer guys watching NBA, uh, you know, you might have more of a case. So it just really depends who you talk to. Um, yeah, it's just all perspective, too, as well. Jamie, did you get any feedback on our list and kind of what what stood out to people as they listened to that? Um. Nothing specifically. Uh, the only really thing was uh, I heard a lot of um, the Durkies, uh on my ass about not having Dirk in the top. I heard a little bit of that 20. too, and um, I'm, I'm so, glad they reached know, out to you personally. It is what it is. Uh, you know, they can't all be on here, um, and uh, you know, it is what it is. We gotta we gotta move on. Uh, I do love Dirk. No no slight at Dirk, uh, but yeah, he he's not in my top twenty. No, absolutely. All right, fellas, let's get into it. Jamie, you are leading us off tonight at number 10. Okay, at uh, at number 10, um, Steve, you don't have him on your list. Um, Will Chamberlain. Bunch of he, fake stats, you mean? No, oh, keep going, my played, bad. Played 14 seasons for the Lakers, Warriors, and 76ers. Now, I know Mike t- uh, touched on Will a little bit, but I'm, I'm just going to go through it again. Um, he was selected to play in 13 All-Star games, one Rookie of the Year, four MVPs, one Final MVP, and two championships. Um, this man averaged 50 points a game in the 1961-62 season and averaged 30 points a game in seven of his 14 total seasons. The man did not. The man did a lot of scoring on and off the court, as um, some people might know. Um, he also has the most rebounds in NBA history with 23,924. Look, um, I know he played in a time where the com- competition was not at the 
prime level as it is now or even 80s, 90s. Um, but again, that's not his fault. Uh, you can only play in the time period that <laughs> you play in. Um, and really, if you want to slight him on the Bill Russell stuff, yes, Bill Russell did a lot of winning against Wilt when they battled. Um, Bill Russell's record is 14 um, sorry, um, Wilt's record is 14 in 23 against Bill, but Wilt also averaged 30 points a game and 28 rebounds a game against him in those 94 games. Um, so I have Wilt at my number 10, and that's why I don't have Bill um, in my top 10. That's crazy. Um, yeah, Will average fifty a game. Um, my thing with Will is, and I, and this isn't going at yours. This is just me. This is my thoughts on Will as we kind of go back into these discussions. Um, what really killed me with Will, man, is the stats against uh, Bill Russell. Uh, yeah, he had those numbers, but they're in losing efforts. Again, I think padded stats are mm-hmm. a real thing. I think numbers can lie. Um, I mean, yeah, ultimately. Uh, you know, the numbers are the numbers, so they don't lie because you are scoring 30, but what are the field goal percentages? And um, if there was a guy to slow down Will, it was Bill Russell, and ultimately uh, Bill Russell did that to him multiple times, and Will didn't win championships in the years. He was averaging the 50 points a game and the 30 po- – or the – yeah, the 50 points a game, 20 rebounds. When he was doing all that, they weren't even that good. When he took a step back is when they started to win. So that is going to continue to be my knock here on Wilt. Mike, Wilt at number 10, your thoughts? Yeah, I had him at number 11, so I'm not far off here. Um, And I'll speak to why I wanted my guy at number 10. Uh, But, you know, it feels a little weird for just me personally. I know we have different views not having Wilt in the top 10. So there was kind of that caveat for me. But like you said, the numbers against Bill aren't great um only two championships and then of those two championships one finals mvp um i feel like i part of my reasoning for him outside that top 10 was you know um maybe need a little more from a guy who has is dominant as um you know wilt's kind of legend and you know all the you know accolades tied to his name uh are so that was kind of my deciding factor uh, deciding factor but like I said, I have him at 11, so I'm not too far off. Absolutely. At number 10, I will go into myself here. Uh, Bill Russell. I have Bill Russell. He, We have obviously retired the number six from the game of basketball. He pl- uh, had won 11 NBA championships in 13 seasons. He made the playoff every year. He played in 12 of 13 All-Star games. He won five MVPs. Now the finals MVP uh, in the all-defensive stuff and the defense player of the year, all those awards weren't around, so he doesn't necessarily have that. But I think we know what Bill Russell's dominance was in the NBA. Um, when he played competition in Will Chamberlain, he always dominated. Now we know there's only eight teams in the league, and I think that's why uh, he's a fringe top 10 guy for me. But his dominance in the game of basketball has to be represented when we're talking about the top 10 players in the NBA. The guy was consistently winning on the best team um, and defensively if there was a defensive player of the year award um, he could have potentially had a case uh, damn near every year and he also has an all-star game MVP added to his resume um, there's a million things we can go on with Bill Russell I personally would like to debate some other stuff but I do have a ton of respect for Bill and that's why I have him here at number 10 Mike what are your thoughts here on Bill Russell at number 10 yeah, I won't speak uh, too much. Um, I do believe I am mentioning the boy Bill 
uh, and a different, you know, later here in this this uh, podcast. So um, I like it. Uh, he is a top ten player of all time, in my opinion. But um, I'll leave it at that because I uh, I have him at a different spot. Jamie. I mean, he's the greatest winner in uh, NBA history. Um, 11 titles, uh, won one as a player coach as well. Um, yeah, we can go on and on about Bill. Um, rest in peace. I got him at 12. Um, no disrespect or anything, but the eight teams for me was the was the knock. And, um, yeah, that's what it is what it is. I mean, you still have – where did you have him, Jamie? 11, I think I said. Um, 12, um, yeah, uh, sorry, 12. Yeah, sorry, 12. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's still a ton of respect, being a top 12 player to ever play. But, yeah, I understand the uh, the lower level of competition. It makes sense. Um, but then again, he was also the guy who always won in, when it was only eight teams. So, uh, Mike, who do you have here at number 10? Uh, I'm kind of excited to get this guy at number 10. Um, couldn't really, I really wanted to figure a way out to get him in the top 10 um, because I really think he deserves to get there. So. You know, 10 is the spot where he locked in for me. And it is the GOAT shooter of all time here. The uh, the man, Steph Curry, at number 10 for me. Steph's got four championships, a finals MVP, um, has made the playoffs nine times, has two regular season MVPs, including, uh, I, I could be, I, I want to be right here, but the only unanimous MVP of all time. Um, I do want to touch back on that in a second here. Uh, he's got four first-team All-NBAs, nine in total, nine All-Stars, and one All-Star MVP. The scoring champ twice, um, obviously the all-time leader in three-point field goals made, and has led the NBA in steals once. So, um, you know, a pretty jam-packed resume there. The guy has completely changed basketball as we know it, the way it's played. We haven't even been out of, uh, you know, the game, so to speak, too long, and even even how it's changed just from when we left it in you know high school and college uh Seth Curry has you know just changed it um completely it's, it's changed the way now big men are um the way guards should be uh be playing where they should be shooting so uh, his impact on the game will forever be felt uh, the guy is a winner um you know has had help with uh Kevin Durant there I'm not going to knock him too much for that. Whoever gets traded to his team gets traded and he still, um, you know, has to go out there and perform. And he has done that going back to, uh, his MVP seasons in 2014 and 15. Uh, I want to say that one might've been the unanimous MVP and then, um, 2015 and 16. And in that 2015 and 16 year, uh, arguably maybe his best year, uh, in some with 30 points a game, uh, his field goal percentage above 50, his three point percentage is 45 and his free throw percentage is, I just lost it at just over 90. So a 50, 40, 90 year as an MVP. Um, and I believe won the championship that season. So, um, yeah, Steph Curry at 10 for me. Ha ha. Uh, they actually did not win the championship the that Cavs. year. Okay, they okay. blew the three, one lead that year. Ah, Feels good to feels your good boy. to bring that up when we mention Steph Curry, fellas. Your boy yeah. had that teed up. He was yeah. waiting. <laughs> he was waiting. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, all right, I'm coming on for you. Oh no, no uh, Mike, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, Draymond. I'm, I'm I have an asterisk for somebody else on the on the list here later for that. But uh, no, Steph Curry at number ten. Uh, yeah, I have Steph Curry at number nine. So I lead us at nine. So I'll kind of also bridge into this a little bit here, Mike. 
No, the tw- the 2016 season, obviously, for Steph Curry as the face of a 73-9 and win team. Um, the first unanimous MVP, now that I think could be debated on should it have been. Um, I believe there was one year Shaq should have been unanimous MVP when he was in L.A. He missed it by a vote. And then LeBron, um, second year or first year in Miami, um, should have been unanimous MVP and missed it by a vote. Um, but Steph was the first one to accomplish that. And I think that does hold weight. Um, the, the thing with Steph is the defensive side of the ball. He did lead the league in steals, but we obviously know the defensive liabilities in some sense for Steph. Um, but the greatness on offense is really what, uh, changed. And as you said, he changed the game, even from when we played, it feels like a person, you know, just a five ten guy, but if you can shoot the way Steph can shoot, which is obviously very difficult, but that's kind of where basketball is trending and you see people doing it more. You kind of give those people more of a chance, more of a hope. So I think Steph's like relate ability to just the common human being, the the normal human being, I think is a huge part of uh, what Steph is and how, why he's changed basketball the way he has. Obviously the Cavs and LeBron have had so many battles with Steph. Um, so and there was times where it was very hard for me to enjoy Steph's career. I think when we talk about the best years of Steph, though, I think the latest championship in 2022 needs to be seriously thought about, knowing that this team was years removed away from winning a championship. They hadn't been to a championship since 2016 without Kevin Durant. Um, so for this team to kind of bring that back together and st- for Steph to lead that horse in charge uh, and to get his first finals MVP was might be the most impactful, even more so than the 73 and nine year. I uh, have so much respect for Steph. Um, I, I don't know how much higher he can honestly get on this list. Cause this is kind of where it gets really tight. And with only the one finals MVP in how many, I believe it's like five trips now. Uh, would be my only concern, but obviously a ton of love for Steph, and uh, it's without being said, he's the greatest shooter of all time, and I'm not sure that we're going to see anyone like this for a while. Um, I know records are made to be broken, but what Steph has done to basketball is uh, forever life-changing. Jamie, your thoughts on Steph? Yeah, Steph broke basketball, basically, um, in a good way, I think. Um, but yeah, the the accolades, I mean, they go on and on. Um, the fact that he was drafted to a horrible uh, Warriors um, team uh, and then went through some injuries uh, early on and then just kept building and building and building there uh, into, you know, the dynasty that we're, we've all lived through now. Um, I mean, you guys can, we could say it over and over again. You will never get an argument with anybody that's breathing. I don't think about who the greatest shooter to ever walk the planet is. And, um, yeah, he deserves he deserves it all and more. Uh, the dude's been a const, constant professional from jump, and um, yeah, he with one more um, decent, awesome season, um, he will probably climb into my top ten as well. Yeah, I mean, and I think the other thing about Steph too is like the shots. Some of these big shots, you know, we obviously remember when he broke Chris Paul. We obviously remember the shot against Oklahoma City when Kevin Durant was still in Oklahoma City, where he pulls up from uh, about three or four steps inside a half court. They came back bang. from a three. They have the double bang, bang, bang. Um, we, <laughs> it's just, it's Steph Curry, man. He changed basketball in such a way that I. I don't know that we'll see in some time. And now Jokic is passing as a big might be one of those kinds of things, but obviously we need to see that for a much longer period of time before 
Uh, I think it'll change the game like Steph has. That was also my pick at number nine. So let's move into Mike here at number nine. Uh, so at number nine, uh, he goes by many names. Uh, Diesel, the big Aristotle, Superman. But the man is Shaquille O'Neal I have at nine. Um, just point blank, arguably the most dominant ever, if not the most dominant ever to play the game. Shaq, four chips. Three finals MVPs, 17 appearances out of 19, 17 uh, playoff appearances out of 19 seasons of regular season MVP, eight first team all NBA selections, 14 all NBA uh, selections and and some, uh, three second team uh, all defenses, a 15 time all star. A rookie of the year, and I think he's a three-time MVP in the All-Star game. A rookie of the year, two-time scoring champ. It's Shaq, man. Everybody loves Shaq. Um, I love Shaq. Uh, Part of me thinks maybe I could have put him higher on this list. Um, he settled that nine for me. Uh, that season, he won a, the MVP, the regular season MVP in 99 into 2000. Uh, had a insane, really, uh, year that year. Scoring leader, all NBA first team, um, all yeah, all NBA first team, all defensive second team, uh, the season MVP, and then finals MVP in that year, um, averaging about thirty a game and thirteen and a half boards. I mean, just insane stats. You're gonna tell me, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the success of Shaquille O'Neal was with Kobe. Uh, of course, it was. That's kind of how you know uh, dynasties get formed. Um, but, you know, it, that's not to say if uh, there was no Kobe, Shaq would still be dominant. Um, you know, he would still find his way into the winning column as he did later in his career with Dwayne Wade. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I could go on and on about Shaq. His presence is felt just physically as well as, um, you know, his personality is huge. It, the man just leaves a huge imprint on the game of, of basketball. There's not going to be another big like him. Um, and that is in part of just the way big men are today in the game of basketball, uh, as well as where the game is kind of trending towards. But Shaq is one of one. Um, yeah, that's that's what I got for him at number nine. Kobe over Shaq. <laughs> Obviously one of the most dominant duos of all time. I don't think we need to get into that. But I'll let you start here, Jamie, with Shaq at number nine. Um. You know, I don't want to get into the diesel too much um, because he's all obviously in my top ten um, somewhere in the future. But um, I mean, the dude, the dude, you talk about changing the game. Um, he changed the game. They made a rule. They ha- literally made a hack a shack rule for the dude. Um, teams were um, having four or five big men on their roster just to be able to keep up and foul. Shaq um and be able to have another big man uh, available to come in um I mean I I watch Shaq's dominance uh me being a Laker fan I can go on and on but um yeah he the dude was something else man we'll never we'll never see anybody like Shaq ever again 
I will, yeah, I will touch into the Shaq stuff. I have him higher on my list as well. Uh, the most dominant player we've ever seen, and nobody can debate that. The guy couldn't shoot a free throw. He couldn't shoot a three-point, and the guy uh, still had multiple seasons in which he averaged over 25 or 26 points a game. Um, and that just speaks to how dominant he was. Yes, he played with Kobe, but he also went to the finals with the Orlando Magic, and he also went to the finals with Dwayne Wade and the Miami Heat. Um, Shaq, Shaq's prime might be... The, the highest as as it gets, honestly. I mean, not not as many MVPs in the prime, um, but three straight finals uh, MVPs and three straight championships obviously speaks for itself. Uh, did not perform well against Ben Wallace in the NBA Finals, uh, but that was the only NBA Finals really that Shaq didn't play well in. Um, so you don't want to give him too much of a pass. But with that being said, uh, Shaq is absolutely, in my opinion, the most dominant player of all time. Um, let's move mm-hmm. into Jamie here at number nine. This one's, uh, the next three are tough for me. I flip-flopped him uh, multiple times in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but at nine, I got Tim Duncan, um, the big fundamental. Um, you want to talk about winning? Not many did it more than he did. Um, he played 19 seasons for the Spurs, averaged 19, 10, and 3, uh, in two blocks in 1,392 games, uh, selected in 15 All-Star games. He was Rookie of the Year, two MVPs, three Finals MVPs, tied in Sha- tied with Shaq and Magic with third most all-time, and five NBA championships. He had a win percentage of 719 the guy never had a losing season. He's called a big fundamental for a reason. Um, he's not going to jump out of the gym or run faster or, uh, you know, um, the athletic ability was never out of this world, um, but he is the best power forward ever, in my opinion. And, um, I mean, it goes on and on. The dude, he he's played, he's made... Uh, he has three more NBA All-Defensive Team awards, more than any other player in NBA history, with 15. Um, tied with Kobe for with nine first-team defense awards, most ever. Only player to win an NBA championship across three decades. Um, not the rah-rah, get-in-your-face leader. He led by example and dominated the NBA basically from jump. Um, not too, not many players can say they made the playoffs every single season of their career, and that's exactly what Timmy did. Um, he appeared in 251 playoff games, which ranks him above 15 NBA teams for playoff games played. Um, he's ranked first all-time in playoff double-doubles, blocks, third in rebounds, and sixth in points. Um, yeah, I mean, Tim Duncan, I hated him. Um, but now the respect level, the respect level was always there. And now the love for him's there as well. Once he's, you know, moved on and stopped playing the game. Um, I got Timmy at nine. Low key underrated thing too. You mentioned a lot of great points about Tim Duncan. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Tim Duncan's one finals appearance away from also being six and zero in the NBA finals. And I, I know we, you, you have him here at nine, Jamie and or eight, sorry. Are we at eight or nine? I'm getting confused here nine. already. Nine, yeah. Um, and I so you have him here at nine, but it's just crazy to me in which this guy went five and one, a literal um, Ray Allen crazy three away from being a perfect six and zero oh in NBA Finals, um, away from being tied with Michael Jordan with the same uh, stat that we give so much praise to for Michael Jordan. Now, obviously, they're they're different. 
Tim Duncan did it over a much longer time span. Um, it wasn't just six years of dominance. It's more of a 20 years of dominance. And it doesn't seem like it gets talked about enough with Tim Duncan. And, Jamie, you bring up the defensive stuff. Tim Duncan is easily the most underrated defender of all time, and he is a top three defensive player to ever play basketball. And I know that it might sound crazy, but at the end of the day, he wasn't the flashy guy that everyone loved to see or was going to see uh, jump out of the gym or do anything crazy, but he showed up every damn day and just did his job. And there was not really many people better. And there was definitely never a power forward better than Tim Duncan. Mike, what are your thoughts here on Tim Duncan? Yeah, I got Timmy at a different spot, but I love the take um, uh, and a lot of good research. Jamie just, you know, provided. Uh, yeah. Timmy is a, an absolute legend, you know, to, to put it quite short. Um, the resume speaks for itself. Uh, true dominance in a quiet fashion. Um, greatest power forward of all time is certainly, you know, I think an argument anybody could have, and that's where I would place him as well. So um, yeah, I got him on a later spot, like I said, but no good stuff for Timmy. All right, T. That's all we have here for Timmy at number nine. Mike, start us off here at number eight. I'll be kind of short and sweet with number eight. We've talked about him uh, extensively. I mean, he deserves all the talk. But I got Bill uh, Bill Russell here at number eight. Uh, we've heard it, 11 championships, and I think that's really a lot of what – I know I know not a lot of teams in the league. I know not a, a very different game of basketball than what a lot of us see today. But – when you're talking 11 championships, I don't care how many teams are in the league. 11 is 11. Um, and 13 out of 13 playoff appearances, uh, 13 seasons, that is. You know, five-time MVP, uh, three-time all uh, first-team NBA. I mean, it, Bill Russell really was known for his defense. And, of course, they didn't have the Defensive Player of the Year award uh, when he was playing. But, you know, use your imagination. That guy's got several if that uh, award was, you know, a thing when he was playing. So we've talked about him a lot. Um, he deserves a lot of respect, like I said. So I got Bill Russell at number eight. Bill Russell, yes, I had him at number 10. Um, at number eight, again, it is a little too high for me. My only concern with him being potentially this high would be could he play in today's era and still be as successful? I think that's a question. Um, that you have a lot with these older guys. And I think when I made my list here, um, when I think about can guys play in all these eras, it feels like the guys today could, or the guys that played today or in the 2000s or maybe the late 90s have more of a realistic chance to go back into the 60s or 70s and play. So I think when people do see my list as I continue to unfold here, um, you do see, see some of the younger guys simply because I do wonder about Bill potentially being able to play in today's era. Jamie, your thoughts here on Bill as I think this would be it, right? This is where we wrap up on Bill. Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked extensively um about the legend himself um but yeah, um he he's probably a little higher than I I put him obviously he is. Um but I mean, no shade, uh he deserves it. Um like we like we've talked about the greatest um winner in NBA history. All righty, let's move into Jamie at number eight. Number eight, um, I have him a little higher than you guys. Um, I have Hakeem the Dream Olajuwon, um, played 18 seasons for the Rockets and Raptors, um, finished with averaging 21 
12.8 points, 11 rebounds, 3 blocks, 2.5 assists in about 1,230 games. Um, Selected to play in 12 All-Star games, 2 Defensive Player of the Year awards, 1 MVP, 2 Finals MVP, and 2 NBA Championships. Um, From 1993 to 1995, he averaged 27, 12, and 4 blocks. Um, The best footwork the position has ever seen, and I don't think... Um, it, it's even close. Um, NBA stars from today's age, um, the greatest, I mean, the greatest ever, um, Kobe, LeBron, uh, now Giannis, they all go to him for private workouts to work on their footwork still. Um, the only guy that really got the best of them was Shaq. Um, and even that, uh, it was closer than you might think. Um, he is third all time in career double doubles. He's eighth all-time in career steals, um, which is wild for a center. Um, Also fourth all-time in block shots and um, first in, um, and, oh, that's my bad. Um, Anyway, it's, uh, I got Hakeem at eight and maybe high for uh, some people, but um, just the sheer dominance this guy played with um, when not having a lot of help. it was just un- unbelievable to to watch. Uh, to watch, I didn't really watch it. To uh, just sort of learn about um, the guy was just different. Yeah, I'm a huge I'm a huge Akeem fan. I I said it when I talked about him as we were wrapping up at number eleven on the last episode. Um, Hakeem. Hakeem, the year in 94, I think, goes vastly underrated. It was obviously the first year that Michael Jordan had was not in the NBA. Um, so, you know, I do know I do think that people uh, kind of hold that hold against that in some sense. But MVP, defensive player of the year, a championship as well as finals MVP, as that was the first of his two back to back championships as Michael Jordan wasn't in the league. He did come back the second time, but uh, obviously he didn't come back till later in the year and the Bulls. Didn't make it to the finals that year. Um, but with that being said, Hakeem was absolutely incredible. Um, the, the the dream shake, you talked about the footwork. Hakeem Olajuwon is one of my favorite players to go back and watch, um, especially as a big guy. Definitely a guy that I went back and watched footwork. But Hakeem Olajuwon here, I have no issues with him being in the top 10 whatsoever. Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I have Hakeem um, at 12. So, uh, you know, I have him a little... Uh, what I want to say, lower than Jamie. Uh, but yeah, he's a guy that I think does kind of get overlooked at times. You know, a lot of these big names that you hear a lot, a lot, even if they're, you know, ranked lower than, um, you know, say a guy in the top 10, uh, sometimes you just hear about them more for whatever reason. This or that. I do feel like, you know, Hakeem kind of gets overlooked sometimes and um, his reign was short, but that doesn't mean the skill and um, the impact was there and what he's brought to the game. So, uh, yeah, no disrespect for Hakeem at all. Uh, I think a lot of people would have him on their top ten. Absolutely. Um, so that's it for Hakeem. We will move into my guy at number eight. I will be the first one to say his name. Uh, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. Um, obviously we know what Kobe was and what he meant to the game of basketball. Uh, he played, he had played in 20 seasons, 15 of those were in the playoffs, five NBA championships and seven appearances, two finals MVPs, um, 11 all NBA first teams, 
15 all NBA teams total, nine defensive first teams. Obviously, we have, as we've said multiple of times, uh, that ties for first with a list of guys like I think it was Duncan, Jordan, and I don't have the stat up, but those guys um, was a scoring leader twice in the NBA. Uh, but ultimately, when we talk about Kobe, I can sit here and go through the stats and I have them pulled up. But to me, um, I'm going to go off script and it's more of the mentality that Kobe brought Um the Mamba mentality was such a real thing after Kobe had to recreate who his image was after such serious allegations. Um, this guy was absolutely phenomenal to watch. The guy was always in the gym. He was a grind, uh, grinded out kind of guy. Um, we know who he was offensively. We know who he was defensively. When you're a kid, you were throwing a piece of paper into the trash saying Kobe. That's the impact that Kobe left. That. I'm going to outwork you no matter no matter what. Um, I'm going to take the last shot no matter what. If we fail, it's going to be on my shoulders because I'm the one who can take it. And I think what that does for so many people around him uh, just gives him such a serious opportunity. And then obviously when we talk about the dominance at the NBA Finals runs uh, with Shaq, Shaq was obviously leading those teams. But at the end of the day, it was Kobe that was closing the door. And that was the main thing about Kobe's career. He knew how to close the door. He was one of the best closers we've ever seen, probably second best of all time. Um, and that's just who Kobe was. It was the Mamba mentality. We know who he was on the court. And there's no there's no other way to put it with the eye test that this guy's dominance uh, is easily the second greatest shooting guard of all time. Mike, your thoughts here on Kobe at eight. Yeah. Where do I begin? It's Kobe. Um, I won't, I won't go too far into it because I got Kobe at a different spot, but um, especially people of our generation uh, around our age, you know, give or take, I don't know, two, three years, two, three, four years. Uh, Kobe was the man. I know people that are a little older than us. It was, it's, it was Michael Jordan. Uh, like you grew up watching him. We didn't necessarily grow up watching Michael Jordan. Uh, we grew up watching Kobe and, you know, LeBron has of course been in our lives, uh, um, our whole, uh, our whole NBA watching lives, I should say. But anybody who's like maybe eighth grade and younger, I don't really know if they understand Kobe. <laughs> like their guy has been LeBron and, or Steph and that's fine. But go back, I mean, I don't know how many 8th graders are listening to this, but if you don't know Kobe, you got to go back and watch Kobe. Even if you do know Kobe, I think just watching how dominant his tear in the NBA was is just, I mean, second to none in its own regard uh, for that time period. Uh, yeah, I won't, like I said, I won't go too, too far into this. Uh, Kobe's definitely a top 10 player of all time. I just got him at a different spot. Yeah, I also like and I think like I know we've all just saw the Redeem Team documentary. It's obviously a big thing that came out uh, not too long ago here. Um, and just the impact that Kobe had was they knew they needed that guy to set the tone. And he changed how the, some of these younger guys worked. Kevin Dur or not Kevin Durant, sorry, LeBron James. Dwayne Wade and Carmelo were all on the team on the team that lost in 04. Uh, when they came back in 08, uh, the mentality wasn't the same because Kobe Bryant came in and instilled a different mentality, a different mindset for them. And that's ultimately what helped bring them to a gold medal, as crazy as that may sound, with some of the guys that we're naming on that redeemed team. Jim, your thoughts at Kobe at eight? Yeah, I don't actually have Kobe in my top 20. Um... But uh, no, I'm just playing. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, to an to answer your question about 
how many, you know, kids balled up a piece of paper and yelled Kobe shooting it to the trash can. I still do that shit to this day. Um, so that wasn't just when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, I, I got Kobe coming up soon. Um, the, the, the greatest tough shot maker and taker of all time. Um, there's no debate to me. Um, he would, (laughs) he would gladly shoot with a triple team and, uh, and have everybody, um, you know, look around like, what the hell was that? And he would just say, you're going to, you're going to have to send more. Um, uh, the mentality of this man was just, was just different. Um, he, he eats, eats, slaps, uh, I mean, everything basketball, just winning, being better than Michael. Um, he didn't end up achieving that goal, but man, he was freaking close. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get into Kobe a little bit more. All righty, let's move into uh, Jamie here at number seven. At number seven, I have um, my second favorite player of all time, um, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, the guy, the force, the force that he played with was just unprecedented. Um, he, like I said earlier, he forced coaches to to foul him. Um, not even letting him in the paint just because they knew they couldn't stop him. Um, and you said earlier, um, you know, he couldn't, he couldn't shoot threes or couldn't shoot free throws. The Duke couldn't shoot period. Um, unless he was either in the paint or very, very close to the paint. And he still averaged 23, uh, 11, two and a half assists and two and a half, uh, in 2.3 blocks and, 1,207 regular season games. Um, selected to play in 15 All-Star games, one Rookie of the Year, one MVP, three Finals MVPs, and four chips um, total. Um, I mean, the most dominant stretch of basketball I've ever seen in my life. Um, he he could have averaged 40 a game easily, even if his f- uh, free throw percentage was you know 70%. Um, in the postseason from 2000 to 2002, he won three championships while averaging 35, 15, 4, and 3. Um, and every, Shaq was never, you know, um, as if you watch the, the Kobe interview with Shaq when they sat, you know, face-to-face and um, finally got down to talk about, you know, all the shit that's happened um, in their careers. Um, you know, Shaq's knock was he never came... Um, to training camp on in shape and was rarely in shape in the off season um and still could just show up and absolutely just dominate the league um night in and night out um the only reason i have Shaq over hakeem was um he was 14 and 6 against hakeem in his career um he averaged 22 on 54 percent shooting um with um 13 rebounds um to Hakeem's 18 on 44% with nine rebounds. So that's really why I have him over Hakeem. Um, but yeah, Steve, I agree with you. I think this man is the, in his prime, he was the most dominant player I have ever seen in my life. And nobody's going to tell me otherwise. That's why I am probably going to be, well, I know I'm much higher than you guys. I might be a little higher than most with Shaq. Um, obviously, the inability to hit a free throw is obviously like one of those things like, bro, come on, you're, I get it, I get it. Um, but that does not impact who he was and not only on the offensive end um, when Shaq was also a boulder on the defensive end, um, you know, it's, 
I'm a huge Shaq guy. I'm higher on him, so I, I can get into that a little more. Um, but Shaq, just the most dominant force that this this NBA, has, this league has ever saw. Mike, your thoughts here on Shaq? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I spoke about Shaq. Uh, if I were to make this list over again, and um, could he erase kind of my memory of making it the first time or, you know, the eight times I had to write the names down and then like cross them out. But if I could do it fresh, no memory, you know, I might have Shaq at a different spot and higher kind of similar to where Jamie has him here. Who knows, Steve, even, even maybe you, I don't, it, it's, it's tough breaking down this top 10 and, you know, we're at some point kind of splitting hairs amongst these people and, and, you know, well, they did this, but this guy did that. And, it's it's difficult. So I mean, Shaq here makes total sense. Uh, like I said, I already dove into the Shaq stuff. Um, a one of one player. Uh, like I said, just the way the game's played, I really don't think we're gonna see another person like Shaq. Obviously, his, um, you know, his athletic ability and uh, skill for being that size is unmatched. So yeah, amazing. Shaq's just amazing. Not to mention, I mean, post-career, post, uh, um, he's one of the top dudes that has basically built a built a whole um, operation for himself. I mean, you hear every day about, like, owning 18 Denny's and, you know, 20,000 <laughs> Walmarts and buying kids' laptops at the store just because he's in a good mood. Like, it goes on and on with the dude. He was uh, He's one of one for sure. For sure. Uh, sorry, I was muted. So good catch, Jamie. I appreciate you. Um, at number seven, I have Tim Duncan. I do have him a spot ahead of Kobe. I know that could warrant some debate. I Like I, I said it earlier, I just think that we are one Ray Allen corner three away um, from talking about Tim Duncan in light that we have Michael Jordan in the GOAT conversation over. Um, it's a six, it's five championships in six attempts. They damn near won a sixth one. I do believe in the finals they lost. He missed a little jump hook in which he hits every single time that also knocked them out in game seven. Um, and if we're talking about that going in, I think the whole Tim Duncan debate becomes way bigger. And maybe we're talking about this as a potential top five guy. So having him over Kobe may be one of those things, but Tim Duncan, man, just the standard, uh, just the guy who came in, he was giving you 20 and 12 every night. I mean, 19 seasons, played in the playoffs 18 times, played in 15 All-Star games. Uh, 10 times was he on the first All-NBA team, third or 15 total selections. And this is all in 19 seasons. There's only a couple seasons here at the end where Duncan may not have been that guy, but his teams were still having uh, some somewhat of success the last couple of years at the very end, the Spurs had finally fallen apart uh, with Kawhi what Leonard leaving and that whole thing kind of tore everything down and put them where they are today. Um, but 15 all defensive teams and eight of them being on the all first defensive team. Tim Duncan was just the standard of success for a very long period of time. I mean, we are talking when he was drafted in, I believe it was, uh, 1998 or 1997, he was drafted, but the 98 was his first full season all the way to 2015, 2016. Um, I know we might've been a little too young to see the full, to understand the full, um, 
story on Tim Duncan, but we obviously know what that is. I do have him over Kobe, even though they played in the same time period. But again, I think we're one three away from talking about Tim Duncan potentially maybe even being in the top five debate. Mike, your thoughts here on Tim Duncan at seven. Yeah, I think it's a great take, and I think it's um, as good of a take as I have because I also have him at number seven here. Uh, You know, I really don't have to run through too much of it, Steve, because everything you just read off is pretty much what I was going to say as well. Just an absolute dominance uh, over the span of three decades, kind of like what Jamie said. Um, Yeah, and I think the defense that he brings uh, to his game is what, you know, all like it's not this guy isn't just dominant on the offensive end, he's dominant on the defensive end. It's weird almost that he, I mean, he has eight first team all defensive. Uh, I don't think he actually has a defensive player of the year, which is kind of interesting, unless I missed that and you guys caught it. Please correct me. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Tim Duncan's just a quiet legend, and it's it's weird. A lot of these guys on this list, uh, you know, you could probably in your mind see them doing something crazy, being very animated. Uh, being like we've said it like a rah rah Duncan, you can't really say that he's just he, he kind of stays in his lane, does what he does, and lead it by example. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. Obviously, he was very successful on, um, at it and having one of the greatest coaches ever. So, uh, no, I love the Duncan take, I have him at seven, like I said. So, uh, yeah, nothing more for me, Jamie. Swisher dish, Tim Duncan smoked the Zaza. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say swish on hundred percent. The There's no way you're the no. The I don't know. Season. You're never that calm in games. Tim Duncan never bro, even showed a face, bro. I think as, he was. As soon he, as he retired, that dude that dude grew his dreads out and was just smoking that <laughs> stuff nonstop. When the dreads came out, we all <laughs> yeah, knew. We all knew all, it was. <laughs> Timmy's a full timer now, um, but yeah, t- I mean. We can go. We can. My two favorite stats for Tim Duncan are the win percentage of seventy-two percent. Seventy-two percent of the time, he stepped on the floor. It was resulting in a W. And the second stat is he has um, more playoff games than fifteen of the franchises. So half the league. Um, it's just. It doesn't make sense, really. He's uh, twenty-three and eleven in the finals too. Um, in terms of like total games uh, and a win percentage uh, 60, 67% of the time in the finals. So yeah, the finals, uh, which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, absurd averaging 20 and uh, 13, like the guys had two blocks, like, the guys, you know, numbers speak for themselves. Here to I me. think to me, the only reason he's not higher on my list is um, I mean, you can give him credit for this, but he played with um, four, f- uh, maybe not first ballot, but three of them are first ballot Hall of Famers. And, um, yeah, you can say that for a lot of these guys. But um, that dynasty, it wasn't just Tim. But Tim was the face of that, obviously. But um, that's the only reason he's not higher on my list. And I understand what you're saying by that, Jamie. The one guy that was drafted high, though, that he played with was David Robinson. And we obviously know that was only for the first couple of years of Duncan's career there. Um, but Tony Parker, I believe, was a late first round pick. Manu Ginobili was a late second or maybe not late, but middle second round pick. Um, and now that's now that's a testament to the Spurs being able to draft and develop as a testament to Greg Popovich. Um 
But the, at the end of the day, if Kawhi is another, that's a very good one as well. I forgot about him. And obviously the Kawhi uh, had a major importance of winning a finals MVP the last time that Duncan did mm-hmm. win a championship. Um, but it's funny you say that. And what I want to ask is where does the Spurs dynasty rank amongst all the others? I mean, we're talking about the Jordan Bulls, the Kobe Shaq Lakers, um, the Warriors with Steph and I mean, KD is obviously a part of that, but that's more about Steph and the Warriors in a sense. Um, I, I mean, I think when we sit back and look at it, uh, Kobe's Lakers, the five, and I think it was uh, nine, maybe 10 years uh, was obviously very impressive. But when we sit back and look at it, man, the dominance that he had for such a long time, winning 72% of the games, I think he might be the face of the second greatest dynasty that we have saw. And that's another reason why I feel like he uh, could also be in that top five debate. If we're talking about a six and oh finals record. Yeah. Good point. Mike, any final points? Are you good? I'm all set. Ready to move on. All right. Mike at seven. Here you go. Uh, Mike at six, right? No, I would be me at six. You did. Who, who did you have a seven? Do you, do you also have Duncan at seven? Yeah. Okay. All right. So it's <laughs> me. I'm like, oh boy. Uh, me at six, which let me pull up my list here. Uh, at six, I have Larry Bird. I actually have uh, – so, my main thing about Larry Bird, obviously Larry Bird uh, played with the all great Boston Celtics again. Maybe, hey, that's another dynasty that I haven't talked about. Um, but with that being said, Larry Bird, uh, the big thing I have with him is I think he could be a guy who played in the NBA today. And he might actually be better than he was in his time. It felt like Larry Bird was a little ahead of his time. Obviously, the triple threat of passing, scoring, and shooting. Obviously, he played and he only played in 13 seasons, a little shorter of a career. Um, but we know that he played in the playoffs twice. He played in 12 All-Star games. He was an MVP three times. He was a two-time Finals MVP, nine first teams in 13 years. That's an impressive stat. Um to go with three defensive teams, uh, never led the league in scoring, but was rookie of the year. Um, Larry Bird, I mean, we see the videos, and it's a it's a guy that we wish was in the NBA today. He was 6'8", 6'9". He could pass. Um, he was obviously a remarkable shooter. Um, just the way he played the game is really the face of one of the uh, biggest and most popular faces of the NBA, the Boston Celtics, Larry Bird is who I have here at number six. Uh, Jamie, what are your thoughts here about Larry? Legend. Uh, I couldn't agree more, to be completely honest. I got him at six as well. Um, The dude, uh, I mean, when you talk about saving the NBA, um, we all know it's Larry and Magic. the NBA was not what it is obviously now, um, but they catapulted that rivalry catapulted the NBA to, to as big as it is now. Um, uh, you know, you gave pretty much all the stats, um, the 50, 40, 90 and three years straight. Uh, I'm glad you said that because I forgot to mention that. That's a good one. On February 18th, 1985, he had a triple-double um, and nine assists in three quarters and didn't play the fourth. And a reporter actually asked, uh, you know, why didn't you play the fourth for the quadruple-double? And Bird said, for what? Uh, I already won the game. Um, you just you could just tell the mentality right there. Um, we can go on and on about Larry Bird's stats, um, 
but to me, I want. I just want to talk a second about the people that don't think this man can play in this day and age. Look at Luka Doncic, and you can't tell me that Larry Bird wouldn't be as successful, if not more successful, in this league now. The dude was one of the best shooters of all time, and the fact that people don't think because he wasn't like uh, the most athletic guy in the world that he could compete now, he would compete and compete for MVPs is what he would compete for. Um, the dude did nothing but winning. Um, if not for Magic, he probably would have won uh, eight straight. Um, the dude's just an absolute legend. That, Jamie, I'm with you. I, I hear the Larry Bird talk that he couldn't play today. That's absolutely asinine. It's, no it's sense, not. Dude. This feels like it's a better day and age for Larry, Larry Legend here. He could shoot threes at a time which guys were only shooting one or two threes a game. I think he averaged two threes a game for his career. That's absolutely insane. He would average five or six today, and that mid-range jumper is as beauty as any other. And with being him being 6'9", um, there's no way that you could tell me Larry could not play in this league today, especially with all the 6'9 guys that we see handle the rock today. If he had the ball in his hand that much, uh, it would be absolutely insane. I think Larry is a guy whose game translates today as well as it did back in his own time. Larry is Larry is very deserving, in my opinion, to be this high on list. And you know what? If someone told me he was higher, I can see why. Um, I just wish the career was a little longer. Mike, your thoughts on Larry Bird here at number six? Yeah, I, I how can you not love Larry? Um, I have him at a different spot personally, but you know, Larry played in an era where if you got clothesline across the neck, it was a common foul. So don't tell me that you can't, you can't come into today's basketball and he's averaging 20 easy, probably upwards of 25 or more. Uh, the comparison, they always say it, baby. Like I think it's Shannon Sharp maybe, but calls Luke, uh, Luca, like baby Larry or something like that. And, uh, it's baby you know, bird, baby bird. And the, the comparisons are close. I mean, obviously they have different games, but I mean, it's the same kind of, Man, do I want to call it like kind of a flashy, kind of like that old man game that some people might call it? It's like slow down. He he just dissects defenses. Um, but yeah, I the take at Larry at six, I can get behind. Uh, like I said, I have him at, at a different spot, but um, much love for Larry. Also, oh, you want to see you want to see some some highlight reel passes? Go watch this guy's highlight reel. Um, plays just plays in general. The the vision of this dude, I mean, not scoring aside, uh, the vision of this guy was absolutely incredible and super underrated. Yeah, I mean, the second best passing forward of all time, right? I say that with a big smile. Um, <laughs> alrighty, so Jamie, you said you have him at six as well, so that means we will leave this up yep. to Mike here at number six. Uh, yeah, we've talked about this guy already at number six. Uh Rest in peace to the man himself. I do have Kobe Bean Bryant at number six. Um, you know, you did give a lot of stats as well, Steve, um, and accolades. I'll kind of touch upon some of those again. We said it, five championships, two finals MVPs, 15 playoff appearances, one season, regular season MVP. You could argue there could have been one that Steve Nash stole, whatever. Uh, 11 first team all NBAs. People know Kobe as being a scorer. People always used to say Kobe's a ball hog, this and that, whatever. Man, Kobe has nine first-team all-defenses. 
don't tell me that that guy didn't get on the other end as well. Not just the score. Um, 18-time All-Star, I believe four-time MVP of the All-Star game. Two-time scoring champ. The man pieced Toronto for 81 in a game and probably could have had more. He's fourth time, uh, fourth all-time in scoring. Um, I believe I just lost my stat here. Uh, I think Kobe, where is it? Yeah. Four straight games, Kobe had 50 points. I think it was in 2007. I don't know if you guys remember the span in 2002, 2003. Kobe Bryant had a nine, and you're going to hear it again, nine-game streak of 40-point basketball games. Um, I know James Harden did go on a tear himself, but that was, um, you know, just an insane run to be playing at that uh, level of, of offensive ability. We said it. You got the trash can effect where you're throwing, uh, you know, a piece of paper into the trash can. You got the driveway effect playing with your buddies. You shoot a fadeaway. You yell Kobe. You get in their face. It's it's Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, I know. I don't think Jamie has gone into his spiel yet. I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say about that. But, uh, yeah, Kobe, an absolute legend, an absolute great. Gone way before his time, him and his daughter, obviously. But I love Kobe here at six. Yeah. I mean, listen, we, I, I've said it, and I've said it, and I've said it. Um, Kobe Bryant is the mom of mentality, and that's that's the best way that I can really put it. Um, we know how much successful he was. He was obviously must-see TV. Uh, him and Shaq were the – I watched those Lakers teams growing up as a little kid. I loved Shaq a lot. Um, and, hey, listen, Kobe obviously did what he did, and just an incredible talent, and the work ethic is what will forever have changed what the NBA is today. Uh, so many guys want to have be known or have that Mamba mentality, um, and that's just a credit to who Kobe Bryant was as a basketball player. Jamie, your thoughts here on your favorite player, Kobe? Um, I'd rather just go into the next one. Um, you have him at five? No. But, okay. Um, all right. It's all coming. right. So, all right. So, Mike, who do you have here at five? So you want you want me to jump to five then? Okay. Uh, yep. You lead us at five. Give me a sec. I got a pivot. Sorry. Yeah. You're good. Oh, you're good. Uh, I got. No. 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 We. Um, it is it your kind bad. of. It's kind of a. Scene. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> it's, it's all good though. <laughs> it's uh, kind of a seamless uh, transition here. I got Larry Bird at number five. Uh, Steve, you did tell about the resume here three championships two finals mvps 12 plants playoff appearances uh three-time regular season mvp nine-time first team all nba 12-time uh all-star uh a rookie of the year uh it's larry birdman um i think part of me that puts him up a little ahead of some of these guys that do have a claim uh to be in this top five it's kind of what we said it what he did for basketball the the just dominant performances uh, that he would display, the flashiness, the, um, you know, not enough recognition at times, maybe based off, uh, you know, skin color by uh, others around the league. Um, Larry Bird is is one of a kind. I don't know. Uh, I, I keep saying all these guys are one of a kind, but I guess they are in their own regard. Um, yeah, back issues uh, did affect Larry's career. Um but the pure talent, the raw talent and ability is obviously there. He probably could have had more championships, but he battled oftentimes uh, with another guy that's on probably all of our lists. Uh, those those two names are always linked to each other, Bird and uh, Magic, of course. Um, 
so yeah, it, you would have liked more, um, some more accolades and whatnot topped into his uh, overall resume. But again, just insane. You guys talked about the highlight reels with the the passing. Uh, uh, one of, if not the best trash talker um, of you know all time in the NBA. I'm not sure where that fits on like a, an achievement list, but uh, the guy struck fear into his opponents. And uh, I mean, I, I say that because that does hold weight for me. You face one of these guys, you're not afraid of him. I don't know. There's a, a fear and a respect for Larry when he stepped on the court. Um, I, I'll just, how about the, if you guys remember this too, how about the time where he told Trailblazers how he was going to just destroy them all left-handed? And for those who don't know, Larry Bird's right-handed. On a left-handed game, finished with 47 points, 14 rebounds, 11 assists in a 49 minutes. And yeah, 120. His, his right hand was broke, right? Yeah, something, something like that. 47, 14, and 11. Man had a triple-double, 49 minutes. It did go into overtime. They won 120 to 119 left-handed. I mean, I don't know. Imagine if Kawhi Leonard had a broken hand. (laughs) Out for three seasons, I mean. So, yeah, that's Larry at number five for me. Um, You know, somewhere my dad is smiling at a lot of the Celtics uh, fans from back in the 80s. But, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Larry. all Celtics fans should be excited Larry. or should be happy. We know Larry Legend is, you know, very capable of being up on these lists. I do think a longer career may be a little uh, more success in the peak of his career. Uh, if we could have been talking about five championships, could have elevated it on the list. Um, but again, three rings in 13 years, it's very hard to win championships. We know what Larry Bird is. I've said my piece on him. Jamie, I'll pass this one to you if you have anything else to say about him. Um, not particularly. I mean, I can go, I can, I'll just, I'll name a stat off here. Uh, on April 1st, 1987, Bird registered a triple double at halftime and finished the game with 30, 17 and 15, um, in a game they won by 40. Um, so basically the whole second half, he was basically just going through the motions. Um, because in the first half he got what most people can't get. In the whole game, um, yeah, we can go on and on. Uh, the 50-point games, the 60-point games, um, just, uh, Mike, here it is, baby, one of one. Absolutely. Uh, all these guys, I mean, I think I said this in my piece last episode. Uh, kind of when you get to 11, or tw- I think it started at 12 with Dirk, uh, when you start getting that high, these guys are all one of ones in a certain aspect, and in a certain way, they really changed the NBA. Um, the way that Larry changed the game was just being that all-around forward that uh, we necessarily we hadn't saw necessarily at his time and how much he had changed the game. Uh, and obviously, we started to see bigger guys start handling the ball and start being able to pass. And uh, it's kind of where it changed, especially with the shooting. Um, let's move into Jamie here at number five. At number five, I have um, his rival who also played in 13 seasons for the L.A. Lakers, and that's Magic Johnson. Um, everyone knows um, you know, why his career was cut so, so short. Um, he averaged 19.5, 11.2 assists, and 7. Sorry, 19.5 points, 11.2 assists, and 7.2 rebounds in 906 games. Um, 11 All-Star games, 3 MVPs, 3 Finals MVPs, and 5 NBA championships. 
Um, for nine straight seasons, Magic averaged over 10.5 assists per game for the whole season. Six seasons, he averaged more than 12 assists per game. His playoff career averages are 19.5, 12.3 assists. I did it again, 19.5 points, 12.3 assists, and 7.7 rebounds per game. Um, like I uh, alluded to earlier, credited with you know saving the league with Larry Bird. Um, changed the game of basketball forever. Uh, 138 career triple doubles. He put the show in Showtime Lakers in the 80s. Um, win percentage of 74%. Um, and was 11 and 7 against Larry Bird in his career. Um, the greatest point guard of all time. Um, it bothers me that uh, that's even a question still. I understand it with this new age stuff, but um, you know, Magic. Magic's name is everywhere. Everyone knows who Magic Johnson is. Uh, he remains um, in the ownership with, um, you know, three sports now with the Dodgers um, and uh, the Commanders. Um, not necessarily ownership for the Lakers, but he's involved um, in the, with them still. Um, you know, a lot of people want to... Um, kind of discredit that era and it's just it's it's crazy to me um magic uh magic's resume um will will forever live uh on and um like i said the best point guard of all time yeah i mean the showtime lakers again another team that needs to be brought up in that debate five championships in 13 seasons as you kind of mentioned there um, Magic Johnson really came in and changed the game because we really have never seen someone that big uh, be a point guard. Uh, there was times where he had to go into the post because there the league wasn't ready to see a guy like this be a point guard. I think Magic Johnson could even have more success today if he played uh, just with the normality of point guards maybe not being 6'9", but uh, you, know, you kind of see with LeBron. And I think when LeBron obviously was coming in, it was compared to more of a Magic. Um, obviously, LeBron had more of a scoring ability than magic but it was kind of being that big kind of playmaker that we saw with magic and i think that's just a huge testament to who magic was obviously the face of um the winning time lakers i think we all know the tv show i think the all the stuff that's kind of coming out obviously we know how magic's career ended i wish we still got to see magic play much more into the 90s um again another huge part and no disrespect to this being against jordan the bulls but uh, you know if we're talking about magic playing maybe a couple more years into the 90s opposed to getting some of the worst news that someone could get um it could have been a lot more entertaining in the 90s in my opinion at some points but with that being said, that's no slight to anyone. That's just just how great Magic Johnson was. Um, he tells, I, I know everyone has saw the documentary about the greatest game to never be saw played uh, when the dream team is kind of in the scrimmage. And let me tell you, Magic tells the best story of how that scrimmage went. It was just, uh, it's just Magic Johnson. It's showtime. It's the smile. Um, it was just the way he made everyone better around him. Mike, your thoughts here on Magic Johnson at number five for Jamie. Uh, if Steve, if you have somebody different at number four, I don't know if you want to jump in, but I can, I got magic coming up next. So at five or four, you have him at five. I have him. I went bird at five. You went bird at five. I have him. Have I went over five? I haven't went over five yet. 
No, I think it, you're going for five. I I'm just saying I have magic next, so. Oh, um, I have magic in four, sir. That so me too. So okay, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I can just jump to four if you'd like. Uh, I'll I can go to five or, or yeah I haven't said five yet. Oh, sorry. So you yeah no 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 so. Yeah. I'll, Okay, I'll start. I'll go at five. Uh, you guys have both mentioned him. It's the guy that I've said that I'm a little higher on. I do think he's a top five player. Just missing the Mount Rushmore of my NBA players is Shaquille O'Neal. Just the sheer dominance. Uh, I kind of already said what I've needed to say. He's been to the finals with three different franchises. Obviously, he came up short um, with Orlando, but that is the only time that team that franchise has made the NBA finals. Or no, sorry, that's not true because of Dwight. I don't know where I got that from. But uh, it was obviously at a time in which they were still very early in their career. Um, that's who they he was. It wasn't a very it wasn't the most talented team. He did have Penny, but outside of that, uh, the team was kind of mad. But Shaq was so dominant at that age. Obviously, he goes to the Lakers, um, and we've talked about it. The guy couldn't shoot a free throw or a three, and uh, just absolutely the most dominant player of all time. And that's the reason why I have him here at number five. Any final points, guys, on Shaq? I'm good. All right, so we move into four where I do have magic. Mike, is this where you have magic as well? I do too, so if you want to take the reins, go ahead. No, you go take. You can take the reins for this one. Okay, uh, so I got magic. <laughs> I got magic at number four. Um, Jamie spoke to a lot of his dominance. I just said it. A lot of what Larry Bird couldn't do was because of magic and the Showtime Lakers here. Uh, five championships, three finals MVPs. Uh, 13 uh, playoff appearances, three-time regular season MVP, nine first-team All-NBAs, 12 All-Stars, two uh, All-Star MVPs, a four-time assist champ, and I believe a two-time steals leader of the NBA. So Magic really uh, with a complete resume there, obviously. I think there was that infamous um, game in the finals where Kareem couldn't start um, – or couldn't play, he was injured or whatnot, and I think they had uh, Magic start at five, uh, just added to his, um, you know, kind of just to his essence of being a legend, essentially. He had a triple-double that game with, like, yeah, 40. Yeah, I mean, just kind of, kind of, <laughs> went, kind of went dummy mode. Um, no, I mean, we all know Magic's name is synonymous with what the NBA is. Uh, the battles with Bird in the the 80s uh, a lot of people say him and bird saved the nba or resurrected it whatever you like to call it um when you think of nba i mean there's a lot of people of what well, i would say a younger generation that probably haven't seen a lot of a lot of magic highlights but they know who magic johnson is kind of like what jamie was saying um you know you just know that this guy uh was I would say arguably the first of his kind for being that size and that stature doing that kind of flashiness and out of an all time effective rate. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jamie said a lot of it. I, I like magic a lot at number four. He does edge out bird to me um, by a spot, but it's so fitting for me. I know your lists, your guys list may be a little different um, constructed here, but uh, it makes so sense that I, I have uh Bird at five and then Magic at four. Those two are like forever linked in basketball going back to, uh, you know, their college battles. Um, so, yeah, Magic, part of the Showtime Lakers, uh, a huge driving force of why they were ex- successful uh, as they were back in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah, I kind of touched on where I was at with Magic. So, Jamie, do you have any final points here on Magic? I'm um, not 
<clears throat> not particularly. It's uh, it is fitting though that Magic and Bird both you know play thirteen seasons exactly and you know retire. They came in the league together and basically retired you know um, together. Uh, just a the great one of the greatest you know rivalries uh, between player and player that will will ever be. Absolutely, Jamie. Who do you have here at number four? At number four, I have um, no other than um, Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, it's no secret he is my favorite basketball player to ever lace him up. Um, my first memories of watching the NBA is watching the Kobe and Shaq um, Lakers win back-to-back-to-back titles. Uh, Kobe played 20 seasons, averaged 25, 5, and 7. Um you know, you've got you guys have said it, but I'll I'll, I'll reiterate: um, eighteen All Star games, uh, one MVP, two Finals MVP, five um, NBA championships, six career sixty point games, twenty five career fifty point games, one hundred and twenty two career forty point games, um, fifteen All NBA selections. He is the fourth most points in NBA history. Um, in two thousand two, in two thousand. Three um, that season, Mike, you um, touched on it. The man had forty in nine straight games. I remember witnessing that, and just you know, it, it. You know, when a lot of people say, you know, it was he was it was video game type stuff. That was the first time I can remember like watching real NBA basketball and saying like this isn't like what what's going on here. The dude was double triple teamed. It didn't matter. Um, the footwork of this man was incredible. Um, you know, I can go on and on about Kobe. He, um, to me, the the forty point, the nine nine straight forty point game streak is the greatest street stretch of scoring, in my opinion, in my lifetime. Um, you know, there's arguments about Harden's Harden stretch, but man, I remember those Kobe Kobe moments so vividly. Um, Steve, you you mentioned the mentality, um, the work ethic. Uh, it still it, it it still emanates in all the players now. Um, how they all you know have a bunch of respect for Kobe and the the work ethic that he brought. Um, you know, waking up at at three, um, getting a workout in before anybody else is even awake. Uh, I got Kobe at four. Um, this isn't to me. This isn't a stat thing. This is just watching the game of basketball. Um, and I could not keep him out of my top five. Um, we we've talked about the greatest duos of all time. Um, the Kobe and Shaq was was the first duo that I watched that I didn't think anybody could ever come close to. Um, and you know, um, you know that's that. Uh, rest in peace, Kobe. Um, I still remember the night I, or the day. Um, I think for about a month or two straight, I was watching highlights of um, of Kobe, um, just day in and day out, just sobbing, because <laughs> like you know, you you grow up with you. I said this to a friend at the time. You kind of grow up. Um, you grow up with him, you know. Um, he, he, when I was of age of remembering basketball, it was him, and uh, I, it's just something that I can't get out of my head. Um, so yeah, I got Kobe at four. Yeah, I mean, we've we've talked about it. You know, Kobe will very often uh, kind of get talked about 
in many different debates and, you know, Mike kind of alluded to it being called a ball hog and this and that. But at the end of the day, no matter how great he was on offense, he might have been um, even better defensively uh, in some moments. Obviously, Jamie, you said that he was the uh, greatest, toughest shot maker. I, I think there is definitely a case for that. Um, and I will always admire his willingness to take the fall of failure on his shoulders and not putting that on his teammates. And I think uh, that goes such a long ways for a franchise. The only thing that I was a little concerned about having Kobe maybe a little bit this high was just how the end of his career kind of played out um, when the Lakers kind of went irrelevant. Nothing could go together. Now, obviously, David Stern uh, potentially took away one of the great super teams in vetoing the Chris Paul trade. Um, but with that being said... Don't even get me started, dude. Don't <laughs> even mention that shit to me. How many championships do they win? Chris Paul, Kobe, and Dwight. <laughs> At least one more. Come on now. At least one more. Only one? All like in Kobe and Dwight's prime? It wasn't Dwight's prime, I don't think. Because Dwight's prime, like, I feel was like. was right after Orlando. I mean, that was right after I he was like in Orlando. Orlando was his prime, though. I yeah, I mean, he definitely fell off when he went to LA. But, I mean, are we not agreeing that Chris Paul. Kobe Bryant, like, like, right? Like, they keep him. Yeah, I don't even want to talk mind. about it, dude. Um, but, yeah, no, and obviously that could have resulted uh, in the one that Kobe was chasing the most. Number six was obviously uh, the one he wanted. His game was so mirrored so much after Michael Jordan, and, uh, you know, he had the same kind of work ethic, and he took that even to another level. And I think that's obviously where he honor gets a lot of respect from the great Michael Jordan. Uh, Mike, do you have any final points here on Kobe as we move into the guy we all have at number three, I think, is the same, I, <laughs> I think. Would, I would assume uh, so, but no, I'm good at on Kobe. All right, let's roll into number three. So um, we all have Kareem here, correct? Yes, for me. Jamie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Question, <laughs> do you think... Kareem should be in the GOAT debate, or do you think he's firmly in the tier of his own? I'll start with you, Jim. Um, I mean, you're top three. You're in the GOAT debate, right? Um, but no, there's <laughs> – at the same time, these two, the guys that we have ahead of them – or ahead of um, Kareem, um, they're, they are stapled, uh, nailed, screwed into that position. Mike, is uh, Cream in the GOAT debate for you at all or no? Uh, Jamie said it right. If we're talking top three of all time, you, you could uh, you could find a path. You could make an argument to where you know he could be the greatest of all time. Um, to me, it's a, it's a two-man race. Um, so Kareem just falls just short of that, really, uh, you know, where you go again, head-to-head against somebody. But, yeah, of course, he's in the conversation. I Yeah, I mean, so I think he's closer in – I think he's – I think he has a real conversation to be in the overall GOAT debate. I'm probably a little higher on Kareem, um, but I can just run through the basic numbers, and then you guys can add other numbers to it as well. Uh, I know we are all going to dive in on on the numbers here, so I'll give the basic ones. 20 NBA seasons, 18 uh, playoff appearances, 19 All-Star games. Only one season he wasn't an All-Star in a 20-year career. On top of that, he has the six championships. Um, he has six MVPs. He has two finals MVPs. He has 10 first teams. Um, he has five 
first team defense, all NBA defensive teams. Uh, plus, he was on six other ones, giving him 11 total. He led the league in scoring twice. He led the league in rebounding once. He led the league in blocks four times, as well as his Rookie of the Year award. I think Kareem might be the most decorated NBA player of all time. He held the scoring title for damn near 30 years. I can't remember the exact number. I think it was 34. Um, but that run of dominance... Um, over that stretch of time in 20 years is absolutely insane when you put together the college resume, how great he was in college. I believe it was four national championships in college. Kareem was dominant at basketball from the age of, I mean, I, I'm sure high school. I don't really know the high school numbers on him as well as some of the college stuff or the NBA stuff. I don't know that we have a more decorated, a more dominant player for a 20-year stretch besides the guy that I would consider the GOAT as I kind of reveal that. But I think when we're talking longevity, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar belongs in the debate with Michael Jordan and LeBron. I don't think the GOAT debate is a two-person race. I think it's a three-person race. Um, I ultimately put Kareem here. But the longevity, the 20 seasons, the six championships, 19 playoff or 18 playoff appearances, and 19 All-Star games speaks volumes to who Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was. Sometimes I think he gets very under uh, noted in a lot of conversations, and I think it's a little disrespectful to how great he was. Mike, your thoughts on Kareem? Yeah, I mean, I could run through the virtually the same stats that you and accolades that you just ran through. Um, Five-time, I can't remember if you said it, but five-time first-team all-defense. Um, led the league in blocks four times and obviously now is the second all-time uh, scorer. Uh, with regular, uh, with a career average of 24, uh, 24 points, 11 boards, and three and a half assists, and uh, about two and a half blocks. So, I, I mean, the numbers speak for himself. The uh, accolades speak for themselves as well. And I, I'm not sure if you said it, but we talked about Kobe, Kobe's fadeaway. You're yelling that there is not there's people who don't know what who Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is, who he played for, what he looks like. They don't know a red scent about him, but they know if they're shooting a hook shot, they're yelling Kareem. We all still do it. And I think people will do it for forever. The guy owned arguably the most unguardable uh shot in nba history maybe next to Dirk. there ain't no arguing that either brother was that was say, the most dominant shot maybe of next all time. to dirk's one foot fadeaway being a seven footer um but no kareem and he perfected it kareem it wasn't good at it he perfected it and which i mean obviously led to how dominant he was so i i keep saying it guys are one of one they're one of one one of a kind but Kareem solidifies himself as no, there is not one other person that did what he did with that sky hook, um, being as dominant as he was for two different teams, um, running with the Showtime Lakers. The list goes on. You're right, Steve. It's not a. It doesn't really be. It's not really a head-to-head goat debate. Um, I guess for me that we all know kind of two names that come to mind, but Kareem certainly does. Uh, hold weight in that conversation um, and yeah I won't go you know anymore I'll let Jamie speak to it but truthfully um, you know a, a guy that skill and talent and physique is unmatched Jamie your thoughts here on Kareem at number three I mean you guys touched on most of the accolades and you know um, the sky hook um, you know there's a reason you don't see the sky hook um, because it's incredibly hard and it takes 
virtually a perfect rotation and touch almost every time. Um, and not only did he use it and perfect it, but it was a a weapon. Um, had held a you know scoring record in the NBA for over forty years. Um, we just saw it um, be taken over um, this past year. Um, I mean, you guys, you guys hit on, hit it on the head with this one. Um, the guy was, um, an absolute animal. Um, and Steve, how bad did you want to put him at two? Be honest with me. I think there's a real debate at number two. I, I, listen, <laughs> I, 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 I get it, into so many disagreements about this. I, I, I said it before <laughs> I've said, I've said it before, you know, I think, there's a real case for him to be a number two. And listen, I understand what we're going to say with Michael Jordan and LeBron James. I understand that I'm probably in the very small minority that thinks Kareem may be greater um, than Jordan. But I think when we look at everything that Kareem has and we put all of his stats up to Jordan's, the thing that sticks out is 6-0. and I picked the 6-0 and over all the stuff that Kareem has. Um, but ultimately, I don't necessarily think that six, that eight year stretch in which he had to retire because he got bored. Um, I think that that takes away some part of what Jordan's legacy is in some sense, um, because a guy like Kareem and a guy like LeBron didn't have to retire. Yes. Did they take finals losses? Sure. But at the end of the day, um, they were there from, from day one and they were dominant in the league from day one to where it took Jordan a little longer. Um, but that is just why I think there is more of a debate than what most will think, because I think I'm in the small minority that I will say it now. I have LeBron as the GOAT um, compared to Jordan. But when I put Jordan and Kareem's uh, resumes together, I think there's always been a fair debate to be had. I have always sided with Jordan in when I'm comparing those two players. Um Anyone else like does anyone else think that it's a it's a debate in which he could be number two over maybe even LeBron? No, I th- I think at one we, point in time several years ago maybe, but I think we also just we grew up in a time where all we could see is highlights of him. You know, it's tough. We didn't live we didn't live through his whole career like we did LeBron and the Kobe's and the Shaq. So it's you know it's hard when you don't actually see somebody play. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. I do agree. And I think that's where it might be a little tougher for Kareem. But I just know if I was in the 80s and this is like what I was growing up on, I would have a very hard time seeing someone that was better than this guy. Um, And that's all due to respect to Michael Jordan. Again, the the consistency, (laughs) the consistency and the longevity for Kareem, um, something else now he did play with magic i understand that but at the end of the day and uh, oscar and oscar um at the end of the day though (laughs) cream cream was uh pretty damn good for 20 straight years yeah he wasn't bad (laughs) no not bad at all um any final points before we move into the goat debate about who we have here at number three with cream no sir all right Let's move into the GOAT debate. We have two names left. It's the most talked about discussion in basketball, uh, in circles. Um, It's kind of a thing where, you know, I think it gets to the point where it's a little crazy, right? I think if you're on one side, on either side, and 
you're not even going to entertain this debate. I think you're making a huge mistake on either side. If you if you think LeBron's a goat and you think Jordan doesn't have a debate or a discussion to be in that, I think you're making a huge mistake. And I think if you think Jordan is the goat and you don't think LeBron has a share of the cake or a slice of the pie in which he has his own uh, debate, um, I think you're making a mistake. So I, I think that there's a real discussion to be had here. Um, how do we want to start? I will start with um, Jamie. Who do you have it as the go, and who do you have at number two? Kind of open us up here. Okay, time to open <laughs> you up. Um, at uh, as my goat, um, I have Michael Jeffrey Jordan, and um, sitting here at number two, um, like you said, it's uh, tomato, tomato, uh, potato, potato. Uh, LeBron at two. Uh, I it's the careers are very, very different, um, but they both dominated um, in their time. Um, I don't want to get into it too much and take away from, you know, Michael's favorite player and your favorite player. Um, but, you know, LeBron, LeBron has already has the greatest career in NBA history, in my opinion, when you look at individual statistics along with the amount of winning this man did. Um, he's won more, he's been to more NBA finals than 27 of the 30 teams that are currently in the NBA. So that stat alone is just absolutely absurd. And let's say he gets to a finals this year somehow, um, there will only be two teams that have more than him. And, um, it's just, it's, it's wild to even, to even fathom that whole fact in general. And, um, you know, just a little quick thing about um, Michael Jordan, um, you know, he just remains the greatest player of all time in my mind. Um, his six championships were one in two different phases of his career um, with a lot of rotating supporting cast. The only guy that was there from jump to end um, was basically Scotty, um, which isn't a bad number two to have. Um, but MJ not only was, you know, we've seen the, the, the offensive numbers, um, the offensive, you know, output that this man um, put out every night, but he was also terrifying on the defensive end. Um, and, you know, he was a killer, the most ruthless competitor that the game has ever seen at the time. Um, the only person that even comes close in my eyes is Kobe. Um, you know, in every every story you hear about MJ, it's always fear. They feared him. He was like Black Jesus, um, you know, his aura. Uh, it was almost like he didn't, he wasn't even a real person. Um, and, you know, I just, I feel like, um, you know, to put the nail on the head, um, there's not a lot of guys that come out and they may be afraid of LeBron, but they don't openly come out and say that they are. Um, so, you know, that's just one of the reasons um, this endless GOAT debate will probably never end. Um, but yeah, I got MJ at one and LeBron James at two. And I give the floor to y'all. Yeah, um, I will, Mike, what do you want to start? How do you want to go about this, Mike? Do you want us to go with your goat, or do you want to start kind of tearing down these two and kind of dissecting uh, two of the greatest careers and how we're going to do this? I think it's going to get very, very interesting. What do you you think? In my head, you have kind of a plan in your mind. I don't necessarily have a plan, right? Like I can tell you why I think LeBron is the GOAT and we could talk about it or we can kind of talk about why you have – 
tell us why you have Jordan as the GOAT. We'll start there. Oh, so we're just assuming I have Jordan. All right. Uh, I know I you do. have Jordan. Don't, we're not, I'm, not, I'm not a fool. <laughs> I do have uh, Michael Jordan as number one and LeBron at number two. And that is no slight at LeBron. I know there's in certain LeBron fandom, people are going to, you know, riot in the street at that. But being called the second greatest of all time is not an insult. Get over yourselves. Um, just as those people, if, if you call Michael Jordan second greatest, like there is obviously a case to be made here. And listen, I'm not saying it's by a landslide. I honestly think this is a very close uh, race. When somebody tells me LeBron is the greatest of all time, I will spit in their face. I like, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, that makes sense that you think that way. I personally lean a different way, but I mean, it's obviously a reasonable argument. Um, you want me to really like dive down? Break this yeah, down. Go ahead. Right, yeah, go ahead. first. Uh, so yeah, I gotta. I'll just run through the accolades. Uh, you know, it's six championships to four. It's six Finals MVPs to four. It's uh, six and zero. Oh. It's never allowing a game seven. Um, we hear all this. I I have to say it just to cover the basis. It's five regular MV, MVPs to four. Um, ten first team All NBAs. Nine first team All. Uh, defense and defense is really goes a long way for me. We're talking about the greatest of all time. There is two end of the floors for the reason for a reason. Um, MJ is a 14 time all-star three time all-star MVP, a defensive player of the year, a rookie of the year, a 10 time scoring champ. Yes. 10 of those things. I know LeBron, or sorry, Michael Jordan is often viewed as a, viewed as a scorer. He did that as um, he did that at an, clearly an elite level. So, um, it makes sense that that's how he's viewed, uh, but also a three-time steals leader in the NBA. Uh, Michael Jordan arguably had the greatest season on record, virtually what some may call a near-perfect season, um, that being an NBA champion, um, a finals, and I lost the year at which he did this. I want to say it was 88, um, maybe 89, if somebody wants to look that up. But uh, NBA champ, or sorry, not... Uh, not 88s, uh, NBA champ, finals MVP, regular season MVP, a 72 and 10 season. That was the best record in the NBA for nearly 20 something years until the Warriors broke it. Also won the scoring title, also won the all-star MVP. Um, I, like I said, a near perfect season in the 87 and 88 season, uh, averaged 35 points a game, five and a half assists a game, five and a half rebounds a game, played all 82 games. And again, what a season, won MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and uh, uh, was an all-star um, that year as well. Um, let me see. There were five seasons in which Jordan led the NBA in both player efficiency rating and usage percentage. All other players in NBA history have combined to do it four times with no other player doing it more than once. Uh, I have some other stuff. Does anybody, somebody else want to jump in? I don't want to go on too much of a bender here. Yeah, I mean, all these, all this stuff is great, right? This is my, this is where the numbers are going to go to Jordan. When Jordan came into the NBA, um, he wasn't, he, he didn't have to look up to being the greatest of all time. He was the third pick in his draft. He wasn't even, and not that that necessarily matters, um, but he wasn't coming in with expectations that LeBron James had was coming into expectations with. LeBron James 
crowned himself as the chosen one or was crowned, however you want to put it. I mean, a lot of people are going to say it was self-proclaimed. It probably was. When you have that much popularity at the age of 15, 16 years old, um, you have the Cavs paying you to work out in their facility. The Cavs are making sure that they're going to land you to bring you home. Um, The expectation on LeBron James was to be Michael Jordan. The expectation on Michael Jordan was, let's see what this guy eventually becomes. He, again, wasn't the number one pick, went behind Hakeem Olajuwon. Early in his career, everyone wants to talk about how great Michael Jordan was. Yes, he was phenomenal. His teams were not. He never made it out of the first round without Scottie Pippen. The only years that Scottie Pippen played without Michael Jordan... Uh, That team damn near went to the conference finals. Again, still got out of the first round. Jordan never had success against Larry Bird in the playoffs. How many times has Michael Jordan beat Larry Bird in a single playoff game? The answer is none. How many times did he beat Isaiah Thomas in a single playoff game? The answer is three out of 11 times, I believe. Um, my, My issue with Jordan being the GOAT The time he was out of the league was when he would have faced his toughest competition. Everyone says, oh, the Los Angeles uh, Lakers with Magic Johnson. Um, Yeah, but they also didn't have the guy who was the second biggest piece of that dynasty uh, in Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He played the Sonics in the NBA Finals. He'd never, and the Jazz were great, but he never faced a top dynasty of all time fully put together in which LeBron had to face the Spurs and the Golden State Warriors in which he made the Golden State Warriors go out and get the second best player in the world after having a 73-9 and season. The accolades are great, but if we want to be honest about it, LeBron James really realistically should have seven MVPs. His third year in the league, Steve Nash is sitting here averaging 18 and 10 points. LeBron James is already averaging 32 points, seven rebounds, and seven assists. In his third NBA season, there was no time for LeBron to get a team built around him because he walked into the NBA so good. When he went to the 07 finals, and it's not perfect because he brought no other all-stars besides Adrunas Ogalskis and I think Larry Hughes, but obviously Larry Hughes wasn't an all-star in Cleveland, was bringing these very mediocre teams to the NBA finals over teams in which he ended the real uh, threat of the Detroit Pistons with Rasheed Wallace and Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton and Tayshaun Prince. He ended those teams to where Michael Jordan had to wait until those teams got old or they started to fall apart. Now, Michael Jordan's prime is obviously the six championships in eight years got bored of winning. It it was too easy for him. He couldn't sustain it and in which he steps away unfortunately would have been the two real tests to see if Michael would have maintained this six and O finals record, the finals record. Are we really going to sit here and hold? Uh, let's talk about the finals in which the O seven that the Spurs, that might've been the greatest Spurs team of that entire dynasty. Um, LeBron first and first finals trip, fourth year in the NBA that happens. There's not much you can do. Um, the next one was the Dallas Mavericks. Listen, if we're going to talk about the pit of LeBron's career, this is where you have to attack because this is the single uh, handily moment in which LeBron failed and he didn't come through. But after that, he wins back to back. After that, he plays the Spurs in which they get this uh, guy named, I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, his name's Kawhi Leonard, uh, who can, who helps elevate, again, one of 
two of the greatest dynasties of all time. So Kawhi Leonard comes in, he elevates them, gets them uh, past Dwayne Wade hurt in that NBA Finals. It is what it is. I, I'm not holding that against LeBron, but so many do. Um, the next year, he goes to the Cavs, in which they had the first round pick three out of four years. Another year in which he should have won MVP. The Cavs were the worst team in the NBA. They went from worst to first in or second in the East to the NBA Finals into a six game series without Kyrie Irving playing five of those games and without Kevin Love playing after the first round. Um, doesn't win MVP that year, uh, loses because Kyrie and Kevin Love get hurt. If we're going to hold that on him, I think that's tough because Scottie Pippen never got hurt and Michael Jordan never won without Scottie. And then we go into the year in which we talk about the greatest comeback ever in NBA history, in which I think this is the moment. Uh, oh, the scoring title aside, I don't think even comes close to this achievement. LeBron comes through on a promise that he made at a young age. Um, that he was going to win because that was the expectation on LeBron. The expectation on LeBron was always to win. I don't feel that the expectation on Jordan was to do the same. Comes back from 3-2-1 against the greatest team ever, right? 73-9. and um, Beat them so they don't even get to claim the title. Makes them have to go out and get Kevin Durant. You're going to tell me you're going to put Kevin Durant on that team and we're going to hold him accountable for those two finals losses? I have a tough time doing so. Um, the team's uh, the team is it is what it is. It's, it was Kevin Durant's choice. Um, that's why he's down on my list. I know why he's higher on others. I think he is the most underachieved superstar of all time. But realistically, when we talk about these finals losses, you are talking about two or three of the greatest dynasties of all time with the Spurs and the Warriors. Name one dynasty that Michael Jordan had to go through in those times. <laughs> you done? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, great points from both of you. Um, you know, um, the LeBron stuff is is valid. Um, he came in the league as as the chosen one, and I mean, he not only did he live up, he he exceeded every expectation of him, um, and then some. Uh, we've mentioned the you know the amount of times he's been to the finals with. Um, with lesser with lesser guys, um, even when those lesser guys, even when those teams that he brought with lesser guys were hurt, um, he still, you know, um, just dominated uh, in and um, dominated game in and game out. Um, yeah, you touch on the the Dirk and the Mavs when they beat them. Um, that was really the one of the only um bad series lebron has has really ever had um but you know you make it to all those finals and it is great um but you don't win you don't even win 6 yet uh, for the amount of times he's been there uh, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a conversation well, who is he that's supposed always to happen. beat though. If he had to win six. Okay. So I, okay. Let's say he had to win six. I give you the Dallas one. Dallas should have been five. Where does six come against the first time he was in Cleveland against, um, the San Antonio Spurs at maybe their peak. Um, or are we talking about him potentially beating the Spurs with Kawhi, um, when Dwayne Wade was hurt, or do we talk about them trying to take down one of those Warriors teams? I don't know where we get to six when we talk about who he played. In That's some my ways, issue. 
I, I hear you. And, you know, some would just say excuses. They're valid excuses, but some would just say those are excuses. Um, you know, in my opinion, that wit, that, that heat, that heat team never should have lost in the finals. Um, I get it. Dirk was on a heater. Um, you know, they had Jason Kidd and, uh, a couple other really good pieces, but in, from my perspective, you can't let that Mavericks team beat you. Um, and, and, and they did, um, you know, but then you can't say, but my, my counter to that is you can't say that you couldn't, Jordan couldn't win without Scotty or Phil. Cause he never got out of the first round without either one of them. So I, yeah. going early off, in his career, he couldn't, yeah. Going off that, I, you can't make the argument that Jordan never won without Scotty. Uh, Cause then what, look at who LeBron won with. He he won. No, LeBron. The... No, LeBron has never had to rely on one teammate to win. Michael Jordan has. Every time Michael Jordan didn't have Scotty, he did not win. LeBron was able to adjust his game to fit with many different types of superstars to elevate his team. LeBron James, second year after coming back from Cleveland, or second year in Miami, championship. Second year after coming back from uh, after coming back to Cleveland, championship. Second year after going to LA championship three teams three finals mvps the only player to do that and we're not talking about that because oh he had to play with different players well my point is jordan's game wasn't able to work until he had to have a certain type of player in scotty pippen who is one of the most underrated defensive player of the of the entire nba history so we well, can't say his, his game didn't work um it didn't it didn't necessarily it didn't win. relate it didn't winning, win. but it's, you yeah, can't playing, say it didn't with work. Guys who LeBron was already winning series. LeBron didn't lose his first round playoff matchup until like year 17, 18. But I mean, the only thing I, the last thing I'll say, and I'll stop for a while, but LeBron had to go to Miami in order to capture a finals victory. Because Scotty yeah. was never brought home to him. It was the same timeline, but the Cavs never delivered Scotty Pippen to LeBron as Scotty was delivered to Michael. So yes, he did have to leave because he never got that piece. Michael didn't have to leave because he was hand delivered the piece. Whether like, Scotty was nobody in the draft. It was Scott Pippen. If you it's not like Scotty was coming in ranked number one or ten in the world. I mean it was Then why couldn't he win until Scotty got there? That is my point on him. And why couldn't he get past those Pistons teams until they got old? Why couldn't he get past Larry Bird? He couldn't even beat Larry Bird in one single game in the playoffs. <laughs> you can't expect this man to win every year. I'm just saying he can't he couldn't win one game. He was getting swept. He got swept three times by Larry Bird. <laughs> So I, it just, to me, it's narrative here where I'm not going to hold it against Michael Jordan that the fact that the Bulls, the Bulls drafted this guy, developed him into what he was, the fit was there with Michael Jordan. And so, yeah, he never won with Michael Jordan. He, everybody needs a number two. I'm sorry if your number two might have been Eric Snow or Larry Hughes or Zadrinus Ilgauskas. But, but that shows how great LeBron was. Like he, he elevated he those that? guys. Jordan never did that. But did he Jordan win that? never did that. And we always talk about coaching matters. We always talk about coaching matters. He had Phil Jackson. How many rings does Phil Jackson have? How many rings does the little co the coaches that LeBron had? Because all of them have one or two for Eric Spolstra, but that's it. So with having Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, how good does Phil Jackson look all of a sudden? And Shaq. 
Yeah, so now I, you're so now you're telling me coaching doesn't matter because I, I everyone say says that. coaching matters until we talk about Phil Jackson and Jordan. The fact that LeBron has had bad coaches, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just not holding that against him. And the but then fact, why could Scotty get out of the first round without Jordan? That's an already developed team. Start start it. Put Scotty in Michael Jordan's shoes. Scotty's going nowhere and not even close to the the caliber of what Jordan did. And then if Jordan comes along, yeah, it probably makes sense that they're all of a sudden going to be better. To me, I'm not going to hold it against Jordan for a guy they drafted in Scotty Pippen um, and being great with him versus LeBron, who uh, played with, again, another guy in your top 20 of all time, what he had to go to to help him win. And I'm not even like dis. I'm not discrediting him against that, but you it, are though. This is my point. You guys are so easy to okay, yes, I do have him at 16, but I also have Scotty probably at 22, 23. Like mm-hmm. we we've talked about that grouping of players and how close it is, but let's be honest, Scotty is just as good as some of these guys at the bottom of those lists at 20. But I'm not I'm not holding that against him. I'm saying that to kind of go with your argument that it makes no if we're going to say Jordan didn't win without Scotty, LeBron didn't win with X, Y and Z as well. So that that to me, yes, is he did. That. He went to the finals without those guys. Jordan okay. was not leaving the first round. He did not win. He did not leave the first round of the playoffs until Scotty showed up. LeBron was in the NBA finals in his fourth season when LeBron, uh, Michael Jordan was still playing at North Carolina. But he didn't win the finals. But didn't I mean? But he won. also played the second greatest dynasty of all time in their peak. So, I wouldn't. I mean, they're the dynasty's up there, but you you can't tell me that that dynasty's better than the Bulls dynasty or the old Celtics dynasty. I mean, they have five championships. The old Celtics, like what old Celtics? The sixties. You the can 80s? say you can say self-proclaimed second best dynasty, but that doesn't mean so like. So then, tell me the who's the second dynasty. best dynasty then? The who's Chi- the second? Who? The Chicago Bulls. Oh, that's one. There's number one. That's what I said. The Celtics when they won eleven championships in, in the sixties in an eighteen league. I don't care, no bro. They won way, eleven dude. championships. Bro, you're talking about the Spurs who were going through Shaq and Kobe. They were going through those Detroit Pistons teams. They were going through LeBron. There's no way you can tell me Bill Russell's Boston Celtics, and you don't even have them in your top ten. There's no way you could tell me Bill Russell's Boston Celtics were that great of a dynasty if they, they had weren't five that Hall high. Of famers. Well, no shit. They won every single year. They got all got twelve <laughs> fucking rings. <laughs> like no shit, they're all Hall of Famers. We're, we've gone off the tracks here. My right. point at the end of the day is LeBron James game was winning without certain players did he win the championship no because he didn't because jordan why didn't jordan ever have to run into the rockets the other team that was dominant in those times because he retired because he was bored lebron james never got bored he went to nine finals or eight finals in nine years or nine finals in 10 years sorry any one four of those well that and yeah i mean no one My, dominated the East like LeBron dominated the East from 2000 and you're right. Oh, 10, 2010 until 2018. He had to go to the Lakers for someone new come out the East. Greatest when career I'm, ever. When I'm debating goat though, I that's I mean those championships that have to go against him and 
LeBron has faced. Okay, then Bill Russell's the goat. He's got eleven. He was eleven no, out of no, thirteen. No, no, Bill no, Russell's no, the goat. That. That's you're right. That. No, they, but no, you can't bring championships as the old. No, I'm not because you guys are better than that. Because the only thing you guys are bringing is this six and zero record. Tim Duncan was five and one, and you guys barely had him over the, seven or eight. That is not, not all. Okay, go go go. go. We have we have discussed this list and from the jump, it's it's championships, it's eye test, it's statistics, it's individual success, it's yes, team LeBron success. could guard one it's through not... five and play one through five. Jordan could do that. Okay, well, we started this debate with Thank you. saying with saying that one or two, you could have it at one or two. It's going to be an argument. And you're never going to win. So, I mean, it is what it is. This is what our list is. I mean, you can argue all day about it. Um, Michael Jordan is my GOAT. He never lost in the finals. Did he get to the finals as much as Le- LeBron? Absolutely not. But no, when because he got, he got to bored that stage, of winning. dude never lost when he got to the stage. That's fine. If you like a guy who likes to retire twice in the middle of his career and have excuses on why he only went six times and <laughs> why his prime is so great, his prime is phenomenal. He went six times in his prime. Six out of eight years is an incredible run. I'm talking about the years surrounding that in which he did not win outside of the first round. I'm sorry. I can't look past a guy who couldn't get past the first round until but he also never up. left Chicago until he was 50 years old. I mean, he stayed at one place. He didn't go. No, he did he not. He wore a Washington. He, to... he wore a Washington Wizards jersey. That's what I'm talking about. I'm and saying he did not have reti- success there either. All right. So I, do I, we, I don't know. <laughs> do we need to pull up the Wizards stats? He was an all-star with them. I'm well aware of this of when he went to the because Wizards. Because my he man LeBron 20. is 38 20. right now, averaging 25, 8, and 8. Coming close I'm to triple well, doubles out I'm here. Well aware, but LeBron you're was not better gonna... at at his early in his career. The peak is very similar, and LeBron's way better later in his career. It, it's crazy. I have LeBron or MJ winning more in less time. And I him retiring, say what you want. I, I don't know. I I don't think that was an out. I don't, I'm not, again, why am I holding that against him? What, who's to say if, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to win two more the, the, the years that he retired. I'm not going to be that asinine with it, but so I don't know. I, I think his dominance when he was in the league um, speaks for itself, more championships. I'm not saying championships are the only thing that matter. The rest of the, the rest of the, the list can take a hike because we're only in this discussion right now, only talking about LeBron and MJ. And we've said how we have to split hairs when we're talking goats. And so that's, I mean, championships is not splitting hairs if when we come down to it. But that's crazy to me. It is when we're talking about the guy who's the all time leading scorer, the guy who's had a better, longer career. That's just my opinion, though. I'll take the guy who was dominant from day one to what? We're going into year 21, um, and we're going to be talking about year 22 and potentially maybe even year 23. That's that's my point here. LeBron James is still in the league averaging 29 points per game, nine rebounds a game, and seven assists, and just under one steal. Um, I get it. I get Jordan's peak was crazy high, and I get that we it's so easy to fall in love with. Um, but the competition that he played in the finals, I who was the best team that he played in those finals? Magic without Kareem? That's fine. I think that's fair. You can say that. Um, but I don't Stockton, know. Stockton, Malone, Jazz. On, on paper, uh, per, 
on paper for net rating, LeBron has played the top three hardest uh, opponents in the finals, that being the Warriors, of which he lost 2-2, and has also played the worst of the finals um, teams between LeBron, uh, LeBron and MJ, that being the um, Warriors of 2018, maybe, and then the Mavericks. 2018 uh, was Durant. Of which, per net rating from what I have they have so one of those so that thing is that stat can't like i I just don't love that stat if we're talking about one of the durant years that's kind of what stats are showing uh analytically break that down how you want um but so lebron again has played the best but and 2018 the 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 Cavs didn't have kyrie irving that would have been the year they traded him Uh, call what you want so again he was taking kevin love to the nba finals again just to get showed out. Shout by out Kevin Draymond. Love, man. Yeah, Shout K-Love. out Kevin Love. K Love. K Love. That might have been LeBron's greatest playoff run too. Was in 2018. Three K-Love. game winners. Is he a Hall? Led of the finals in the po- led finals in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Yeah, he lost. But listen, and then what did he average in the finals the year? Um, uh, Draymond Green was so credited for MVP. He averaged 35.8, 13.3, and 8.8. Yeah, it, that's Yeah, but that's what LeBron averaged. In. No, I know. Iguodala but, won I mean, finals MVP because he held yeah. a guy to 35 and 8, yeah, 13 crazy. rebounds, and 8.8. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. This is just the respect, and I get that. I honestly think at the end of the day, when a guy comes in with expectations, and this is why I feel in a sense for Victor Wembayama, when a guy comes in with expectations, we expect way more. Michael Jordan never had to live up to that early in his career. And that gave him time to not have success early in his career. So we don't look at it as much until his team was fully built. LeBron James didn't need a fully built team. He won in the first round of the playoffs in his second year, went to the NBA Finals in his fourth, got started getting MVP votes in his second year, and last year was the first year he didn't receive one. So in that stretch of his second year to the last year, U2 wasn't invented when this man was getting MVP votes. That's how long LeBron James has dominated the NBA, and that is why he is my GOAT. Greatest career ever. You can't say greatest career ever and not call him the GOAT. But... Oh, I certainly can because I just did, brother. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I appreciate you calling LeBron the GOAT. Mm. <laughs> Any final points here, fellas? <laughs> no, man. No, I'm good. It's a debate that will never be solved, it would seem. It's the debate that will never be solved as we continue to wait for MJ to win without Pippa. Anyway, I'm just messing. Um, I'm sure. Right. I'm sure we're gonna get off and just keep debating on it. So. <laughs> Yeah, we this is this has gone a little longer than I expected. Uh, the goat debate lasted about 30 minutes. It was good though. Um, Mike, do you have everything off your chest? If you don't, please feel free. No, I'm gonna go off air and just withhold it and start air punching. No, I'm I'm good. No, <laughs> we said it. It's a it's gonna be impossible. I, people people are stuck in their ways. People are open to other things. It, it's just so tough. I said it. You'd say LeBron's number one. I can accept it, but when I have to defend it, you know that's where you know people start diving into nitty gritty. So no, I'm good overall. All righty, fellas. It's been a hell of an episode. It, hey, the the tense moments, Oof. you know, we need some of those. We need some of those. We haven't had many on here. Um, you know, hopefully our viewers get this far because I think it's a great debate and it's, you know, it's it's barbershop talk. It's always what it's going to be. What does it really mean? Probably nothing. But at the end of the day, basketball is so um, 
impacted by legacies. Legacies are impacted by such of the smallest things when we talk about uh, two different players in two different eras. Ultimately, people hate debating it because we will never know. But that is the greatest part of the NBA, in my opinion, is the debate that we will continue to always have, especially when it comes down to the names of LeBron James and Michael Jordan. All right, Jamie, get us going as we get on out of here. Yep. Tune in next September for another <laughs> edition of Goat Debate. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate the love, uh, as always. Um, this is fun. Um, as we get closer to the season, um, things are going to start heating up a little bit. Uh, more episodes, um, obviously. Um, super excited for that. Um, yeah, uh, till next time. Peace. Michael? Yeah, thank you guys again for all the support. Um, if you enjoy 20 through 11, you're probably going to enjoy uh, 10 through 1. So please, you know, uh, if it's a long episode, but it's it's well worth it when you get to the end, especially. Um, we got a lot of good stuff coming. So, um, yeah, excited for that. Excited for the season to get started. And we'll see you next time. Appreciate you fellas on our second night of a back-to-back of a very intense episode, which is always very good for our listeners. You guys were awesome. You guys did great research. Appreciate you guys and what you did. Our supporters, our listeners, our followers, you guys have been awesome. We had a bunch of listens to on the 20 through 11 list. I know this is a highly anticipated episode. We wanted to do it last night, but obviously we got the unfortunate, well, not the unfortunate, the great news of Damian Lillard potentially or being traded um, and what that could potentially do to the NBA. And that leads us into tonight, which the GOAT debate, the greatest debate in the NBA. Um, You hear it all the time, whether you're at work or you're at the bar shopper you're at the store um when you get bath people who like to be around the game this debate comes up and there's so many different angles in which it can come from uh it's always a great debate to have mike Jamie, appreciate you guys again. Um, to our listeners, we will be back soon. We are starting our current day list starting at 20 to 11, uh, coming very soon. So we appreciate you guys for your support, your listens, your follows. Keep uh, keep sharing the love. Keep spreading us. Um, We can't thank you guys enough. Until this weekend, peace out. Thank you for listening to the Nothing But Net NBA podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Nothing But Net.